Welcome to the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast. When considering a property, you must first determine its value and your budget for any needed repairs. Your marriage also has value. So today we will look at three things that make your marriage valuable. Be sure to check out the notes for the podcast on fixeruppermarriage.org where you can follow along and enjoy additional content. So here it is. What is your marriage worth? Determining the value of your fixer upper. Ephesians 5 and verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the privilege it is to be saved and to know that our names are written in heaven despite all our faults, despite all our failures, our shortcomings that we know because of the price that you paid for our sins that our names are written in heaven. Lord, I pray that you would help us as we look into the scripture. I pray that you would help my marriage today and those who listen. Lord, I ask that you would have your perfect will accomplished in our lives. We ask these things in your name. Amen. So as we uh, delve into our lesson today, what is your marriage worth or determining the value of your fixer-upper? Every property has a value. How do you know what a house is worth? Well, a house, it depends on its location. I suppose where it's at would determine how much that house is worth. When we bought our house, they did what's called comparable markets or some terminology of that regard. And they looked at houses in the area. They looked at what they called comparables. And they said, this is what your house is worth. And then sometimes it's just market conditions. Sometimes the house just isn't worth as much as it is at other times because of the conditions of the market. But what is a house worth to you? You know, sometimes it just matters what it's worth to you. What's it worth to the seller? Was it worth to the buyer? When we bought our house, we had to put in a bid. We made an offer to the person we were buying it from, and they accepted our offer, and that's the way it works. It all goes on what's the value of that property. There's a budget of a project. When you find a property and you want to fix it up, now you have to have a budget. This is what we're able to spend. This is the money that we have. We have to consider the work that needs to be done. We need to tear apart the front of the house, or we need to a re-landscape or we need to tear out the carpet and put new flooring in. Let's consider the work that needs to be done. And then you have to calculate the funds that are available as we have enough money to do what needs to be done in this house. And then you have to complicate you have to contemplate the value of the whole project. Is it worth the investment of this uh, fixing this property up? Do you know your marriage has value? There's value in your marriage. How far are you willing to go to save your marriage? Can you fix what's wrong in your marriage? You know, I don't think that any wife should stay in a relationship, should stay somewhere where she feels threatened or hurt or if her husband's hurting her. I don't think I wouldn't be for any woman staying in that kind of position. In fact, I would say call the police and get that bozo arrested, right? Get him in handcuffs and maybe he'll learn his lesson, but I wouldn't expect it. But other than that, I think your marriage is worth saving. With the help of God's word and the spirit of God in your life, your marriage can be repaired. 
But will you allow things to change? You know, sometimes change is hard to do. Sometimes we like it the way things are. We just get used to things being broken. My wife and I, we candidated for a church uh, several years ago, and it was an older church. The pastor had started it many, many years before, and he got older. And as he got older, he wasn't able to maintain the property. He wasn't able to keep things up. He wasn't able to visit people. And there was just a handful of people left. And we went there. And when he built the church, it was on a little country road. And the town, the community had built up around it. It was this amazing opportunity. When I looked at it, I saw this great potential that this place had. I mean, it was there was so much potential there. I parked my car one day we were there and got out of the car. Someone pulled up and asked prayer. Ask me to pray for their for their home, for their family, for their situation. It was right in the middle of a May. I've never seen a church that's an independent Baptist church right on the middle of a main road like that. I mean, it just happened that way. But the people, they couldn't see the potential that they had. It had been that way for so long. All they could see was what was right in front of them. And sometimes marriages that way, we don't see the potential that our marriages have. It's been broken for so long. We just got used to things being the way they are. And sometimes there's a fear. If I change the way I'm doing things, if I change the way I'm doing things in my marriage, what's going to happen? What if my spouse responds right? What's this going to do? How is my life going to change? But sometimes change is hard. But marriage is worth the change. What is your marriage worth? Your marriage, first of all, your marriage is worth the price to have. Your marriage is worth the price to have. Your love story is incredible. Remember the memories that you've made together. Remember the first date. I remember the first date, first time I went to see my wife. It was such an exciting moment for me. But we have that memory, that memory of our love story. I remember our engagement and we all had that story of how we popped the question and maybe you went somewhere different or somewhere nice or maybe it was just plain and simple. I went to uh, the, my wife's church where she was at and on the front pew, I knelt on one knee and asked her to marry me. And some people have maybe a more exotic story. Maybe they went to some beautiful place on the mountainside or whatever, but you have an incredible love story. Then you, your, hun- your wedding date and your honeymoon it was all the memories that we have and in our lives that we spend together. Remember the memories that you've made. Believe in the love that you've had. There's a joy of being just madly in love. There's a joy. I remember when my wife and I, we got married and we were said our wedding vows and we got out in the car and we started to pull off and we were just madly in love with each other. And I pulled over and we just smooched on the side of the road. We were just so happy to be together. We're just madly in love, the passion of being together. You know, there's something about, you know, when my wife and we're just madly and passionately in love, there's something about when you you accidentally, just incidentally touch each other. The touch just seems to linger on them because you're just so madly in love with each other. And it's not just when I was in front of everybody, when we were giving our vows to one another, it would get this little awkward kiss. You, know, you may now kiss the bride. It is an awkward kiss and an awkward thing to do. But you know what? When we got alone, when it was just the two of us and we were madly in love, it was a passionate kiss, right? We were just madly in love. The unforgettable moments. And think about all the problems that you have been through together. My wife and I hadn't been married long and she came up to me one day 
we were at home one evening and she said, we are going to have a baby. And I was in shock. I mean, we hadn't been married for long at all. And we were both just ignorant about things. We were both just really ignorant about things. I was just shocked. We're having a baby? Really? I thought it was hard to have a baby. All I'd ever heard in church is how uh, women were praying, pray that God had given us a child. We've been trying to have a child for so many years and I just thought it was hard to have a baby. We had a baby right off the bat. I mean, my wife said we're praying. I didn't know what to do. So I went outside and I just watered the bushes. I didn't know what else to do. So I just watered all the bushes and made sure everything was watered. And I thought about what it would be like to have a baby and how in the world I got in a situation and how I was going to take care of this child. And then as time went on, I, I got very excited about that baby. My wife got the baby bump. And we were just so excited. We went to our first ultrasound and our next ultrasound. And we had one ultrasound and it looked like the baby was waving at us. And we're like, oh, my goodness, look at this. This is amazing. This baby just waved at us on the ultrasound. And it was just incredible, that incredible memories that we have together. But things didn't end very well. And one morning, my wife got up and she was fairly along in her pregnancy. And she got up one morning. She said, I'm hurting. Something is wrong. And so we... My wife delivered a stillborn baby and I held that baby in my arms and we sat together in the hospital and we went to the mortuary. We went to the cemetery and we buried that baby in the ground. And what a hard thing that was. But that's something that we went through together. Our love for one another. It was a love story. Our love story and your love story is an incredible thing. The problems that you've been through together. Your marriage is worth the price to have it. It's worth the price to have your marriage. You have each other. In a world with approximately 7.2 billion people and counting, you have found each other. This number would be hard for me to believe had I not been to D.C. this past week. But there were people everywhere. This is their real number. 7.2 billion people and God allowed you to find each other. You know, sometimes we take for granted what we have until it's gone. We take for granted the love that we have until we place flowers at the graveside. We take advantage of the love we have until the divorce papers finally come in the mail and we think, what have I lost? What have I lost? But your marriage is worth the price. We take advantage of things till the devil just destroys what we have. And then we realize what we've lost this incredible love story that's just gone, it's just lost because the devil has played his part. The devil has split you apart and he is a master of doing that, isn't he? He just knows how to divide a husband and wife. We're already made different and he just plays on those differences because he hates marriage. He hates to see a Christian couple in love with each other. But you have each other. Marriage is worth the price because You have each other. Marriage is worth the price to have because marriage is in God's plan. God invented marriage. When you are meeting your spouse's needs, you are serving the Lord. You know what? No one is the greatest cheerleader for your marriage than God. God created marriage. It was his invention. It's his plan. It's his intention you to be right with one another and to have a happy marriage, not just a marriage, but a marriage that's happy. They're just madly in love with each other. It paints such a picture of Christ and the church. I mean, when you think about a couple who's just madly in love and then it's a picture of Christ and the church, the church being 
madly in love with the Lord, you just see this awesome picture that God has, God has planted. But not only the price, the price to have the marriage, your marriage is worth the price, but secondly, your marriage is worth the investment to fix. Your marriage is worth the investment to fix. Refocus your attention on the Lord. Marriage is not about making you happy. Marriage is about meeting the needs of your spouse. First get married, when we first say I do, the love that we have is a little bit selfish, isn't it? We just love our spouse because the way they make us feel sometimes. But when we grow in our faith and we grow in our love for one another, it becomes something much more deeper, something much more meaningful. Sometimes I tell my wife, I say, I love you more now than I loved you when we first met. And she says the same thing to me. I love you more now than I did back then. And that's because as we've grown in our love for each other, we found something that's much deeper than this, just the superficial things that we first start out with, just the superficial things that we just kind of uh, get infatuated with each other about. But refocus your attention on the Lord. Put, make your marriage about meeting the needs of your spouse, not about having your needs met, but about meeting the needs of your spouse. And in the process, you serve the Lord. Build your marriage on faith. Love is a very fragile thing. Have you ever noticed that a couple might seem to be madly in love? And then it's just a few weeks or a few months and you find out that their marriage is falling apart. I mean, it just happens sometimes because love is such a fragile thing. And we have to be careful about how we build our marriage and how we build our relationship. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus uses these words to describe faith. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell. Great was the fall of it. Marriage is the same way. When we build our marriage on sand, we build our marriage on superficial things, on things of this world, on selfish things. When trials come, when hardships come, when disagreements come, when you have an argument, it's like your house is just on sand and that storm comes along and the whole house just starts to fall apart. That's the way marriage is. If we don't have it rooted and grounded in our faith in the Lord, we're not building on that foundation of faith in the Lord. Our, our love is very fragile and therefore it makes our, our marriage vulnerable to failing. But build your marriage on faith. Learn how to become holy through your marriage. Now, I've talked about this a lot the last few weeks, it seems like, but learn how to become holy through your marriage. Marriage can make you more like Jesus. When you love your spouse, when she is hard to love. When you respect your husband, when it is hard to respect him, it conforms us to the image of Christ, us being conformed to his image. And that's what marriage is all about. It's making us more like the Lord. And when we serve our spouse, when we respect our spouse, when it's hard, when we honor our wife, even when it's hard to do so, God makes us like Jesus. He conforms us to the image of Christ. Marriage is a great test from the Lord. It almost sounds bad to say it, that marriage is a test of the Lord. But you know, 
If you've been married for any length of time, you realize that marriage is a test from the Lord. You know, when your spouse does something that just gets under your skin. I mean, sometimes when you live together, things happen. Sometimes I do things that just gets under my wife's skin. I mean, we just live together. Things like that happen. But those are tests of the Lord to make us into the image of Christ. You know what? When your spouse is not doing right, sir, when your spouse is nagging you, when your spouse is being ugly and disrespectful, when your house, when your wife is just letting you have it, if you have patience with her, if you love her anyway, you are being conformed to the image of Christ. Because what does Jesus do with us? Even when we're wrong, he still loves us, doesn't he? So we learn. And when your husband is getting on your nerves, when your husband hasn't done anything to earn your respect and you show respect to him, you are learning how to be like Jesus. You're you're becoming holy through your marriage. Learn how to live with someone different than you. Learn how to meet the needs of someone made so different than you. When a husband meets the emotional needs of his wife, even though he does not understand it. I don't understand why my wife just wants to cry sometimes. If I cry, something terrible has happened. I mean, it has been a terrible, life-changing event if I cry. If I cry, something, somebody has died, something terrible has happened. But my wife, sometimes, she just wants to cry. I mean, sometimes, just to have a good cry, she says, that felt good. Because she just had a good cry. I don't understand She is different than me. I don't understand that. But you know what? God wants me to meet her emotional needs, even when I don't understand it. You know what? The wife should meet the physical needs of her husband, even though she does not understand it. Even though it makes no sense to her, she should still, because she wants to learn to be holy. You learn how to be holy by doing these things for your spouse. And by serving your spouse, you serve the Lord. But the price to have your marriage is worth it for the price. It's worth the investment to fix your marriage. And lastly, your marriage is worth the rewards you collect. The rewards that you collect. God sees everything, doesn't he? You can't hide your problems from God. He sees everything. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13, the Bible says this, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, But all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. God is watching and God is looking. And you know what? God is looking when you meet your spouse's needs. When your spouse, sir, is really being ugly to you. When she is really being disrespectful to you and in patience and love, you try to be kind and help meet her emotional needs. Guess who just saw what you did? God saw what you did. When the wife treats her husband with respect, even though he's been a little bit ugly, even though he's been uh, a little mean or a little grumpy to her, and she still treats him with respect because the word of God says to treat your husband with reverence and respect, and she does that, guess who just saw that happen? God saw it. When the husband treats his wife with honor and love and cherishes her, God sees what's going on. God sees everything and he rewards us with the joy in serving him. Discover the joy of serving the Lord in your marriage. Listen to what Jesus said in Hebrews chapter 12, verse number two. Looking unto Jesus, the Bible says, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, 
despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. It seems strange that by dying to your self-will, you can find joy in marriage, but it's true. Just like Jesus, he found joy in giving his life for you and for me. You can find joy by giving your life and serving your spouse, by loving and serving your spouse. There is joy in serving the Lord. Your marriage is worth the rewards you collect. The rewards are waiting in heaven. God is watching everything that goes on, and he's watching the way you respond to your spouse. And guess what? In heaven, there are rewards. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. God is keeping a record in heaven. I don't know how he's doing it. I don't know if he has a book. I don't know if he's got an angel that just video records everything like YouTube or something, and he just keeps track. Somehow God keeps a track of everything that goes on, and there is a record in heaven. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 13, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. I am saying that if you do right in your marriage, if you honor God in your marriage, if you do what the Bible says, that God will honor what you do, and someday there will be a reward in heaven. There will be eternal rewards for doing right in your marriage. There are rewards waiting in heaven. Your marriage is worth the investment because of the rewards you collect. You collect. In conclusion this morning, your marriage is worth the price you have to pay. Your marriage is worth the investment to fix and the rewards that you collect. Fight for your marriage. Invest in your marriage. Put everything you have into keeping your marriage together. And don't forget that God has something amazing planned for your marriage. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for the privilege it is to be saved again and the privilege to open the Word of God and to hear principles to live by. And Lord, I'm so glad that you invented marriage and you allowed us to love each other in such a deep and intimate way that we could know one another better than anyone else in the world, that we would have a relationship with our spouse that is is incredible story of love that we have. Lord, I pray that you help our marriages to be right. May we consider that you are watching us today and may we respond right. May we learn and grow learn how to be Christians as a result of living for you through our marriage. We ask these things in your name.